What is your name pronounced? Run Knight. Run Knight. Okay, Run I think Knight. I think my name pronounced like maybe similar to yours. Rung Zeng? Yeah. No, no, no. I mean first name. Rung. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. I didn't know there was a, a Chinese version. Is that a Mandarin version of, of Ron? Yes. Yes. Uh huh. Ron is wrong. Good to know. If wrong is wrong. <laughs> no, I'm right. <laughs> You're right. Okay, good. Well, welcome, everyone. This is Ron Knight, your host. And with me today, perhaps highly appropriate in this Chinese New Year, are our guest artists from the People's Republic of China. This is Tung Wangji, one of the most respected film directors in China today, and Mr. David Buckley of China Century Entertainment, presenting the event, the third celebration of Chinese cinema. We're also accompanied by Wang Xingfeng, who is the general manager of China Century Entertainment, and by no means least or last, Rong Zeng, who will be interpreting for us as we all engage to speak in our native languages. Now, Tang Wangji, as a director, has won awards for many films, both at home and abroad, including The Ballad of Yellow River, which won the Best Director Award in the 14th Montreal International Film Festival. And today, we'll be taking uh, into account his film Rhapsody of Spring. Actually, we'll be talking about his film Rhapsody of Spring and the music in it, as the film is based on one man's obsession with accumulating folk songs from all over China for archival purposes. Now, the same man also wrote most of the popular music and patriotic songs in China during the 60s and 70s. But before we get into that subject, perhaps, David, you might give us a quick overview of the third celebration of Chinese cinema, your mission, and what you hope to achieve from your events here in New York and also, I guess, from your touring events from here to San Francisco. Thank you, Ron, for the opportunity to sit here and talk with you about the third celebration of Chinese cinema. China Century Entertainment was founded in 1995, and without going into a litany of where we are, where we were, and where we're going, uh, our mission really is to establish better communication between our two uh, great cultures, this United States and uh, China, or North America and China, through the medium of film. I first saw my, uh, or I first uh, viewed my first, how many firsts can I say in one sentence? Uh, well, I, I guess one first would precede the next. <laughs> <laughs> I viewed my first Chinese motion picture from the People's Republic of China in 1995. It was called Lin Family Shop. And uh, I was really impressed with the quality of the film, the quality of the message that it had to say, and how different the take of that message was to me from what I was used to here. Uh, it kind of made me think that there was something here to speak about something to talk about and something that Americans should know about. And the reason why we should know about it is because China is rising. The dragon has woken up and uh, he's starting to breathe a little fire and he's, he's, he's coming. We need to know more about China as a uh, country and as a people so that we can take our place with them in the next century in a peaceful way rather than in the... Uh, I'm getting too political. I'm well, call it go, go poten go. potentially confrontational is perhaps the other alternative way that it uh, it might. It potentially confrontational yeah. rather than peaceful. <laughs> rather than peaceful. Yes, I understand. Okay. Thanks a lot. The, um, the, the important thing is that what, what, what we're doing here is establishing a Chinese theater. I mean, I'm also the president of Raw Space, which is a uh, theatrical facility on 42nd Street. We have 35,000 square feet of space. We do auditions. We do screenings. We do uh, uh, rehearsals for Broadway shows. We, we, we basically participate in the theatrical community in New York. When I saw these uh, films, I really thought that there, that there would be just tremendous interest in it once, once I would bring the first film over here. And, of course, I was surprised to know 
that uh, America, the American public basically is not really interested in foreign films or wasn't back in 1995. What I'm finding now is that alternative cinema is growing by leaps and bounds. That's Philippine cinema, Indian cinema, uh, Iranian cinema, as you know, is, is becoming popular now. And there's no reason why Chinese cinema as a school can't, be, uh, can't take its place among the, the growing... Um, uh, awareness of alternative cinema in this uh, in this country, especially in the in the major urban cities. It's interesting that you you liken the comparison of of Chinese or Asian cinema to uh, the other cultural cinema, and of course even the uh, Indian cinema. Because I did want to make a comment about that with respect to the music and the film, and we're going to be speaking with Mr. Tung Wong Ji about the film Rhapsody of Spring. But again, I'm curious: has it been hard to get Western and American uh, press to pay adequate attention to all of the cinematic events that you're doing? I know that when we think of Americans think of world music, the last music form that has readily been accepted has been traditional Asian or, Ch or Chinese styles. And I'm wondering maybe if, if perhaps because you're involved in the promotion of cinema, uh, if you're finding a similar situation. I, I know it sounds like you're creating breakthrough for the cinema, but has it been, have you encountered any resistance at all? Uh, I'm not, I don't know if I can describe it as resistance. I just think that it's, you know, ignorance of what it is that's available out there. And when I speak about Chinese, everyone obviously goes into traditional Chinese music and, you know, high-pitched voices and uh, Peking opera. The truth is that this film brings out is that Chinese music is modern. It's Western. It has its traditional side, the same as Americans have their traditional sides in, in terms of our folk music and other music that was brought here by our forefathers, who were all immigrants, and the music that we play today. Well, this very same music that we play today is played all over China. American music is very popular in China. So is their version of American music, which is a little bit different than simple American music. They've, they've put their own twist on it. And the Asian population all over the world is uh, showing appreciation for this, and it's starting to infiltrate uh, this country. So resistance, I don't know. I don't think anyone really resists uh, the idea. I think that there's just not enough known about what it is. Mr. Tung Wangji, as the director of the film Rhapsody of Spring, what motivated you to pick this particular subject matter in making your film? Uh, I have learned in music before, so I have a particular interest in music. I understand you're also a composer, is that true? Uh, you're also a composer, is that Most of the job I've, um, I'm, I'm doing now is as a director. I have been doing, I, I don't know how to say it, when you're doing with a sarcastic. What do you do at least? Conducting. Conducting, yeah. I've done th that job, but I didn't really do a very good job in music, so I went back to the director. <laughs> and as far as the story of the lead character, Limong, I guess it is? Yes. The, the amount of research that you must have had to do to be able to go into the cultural revolution and this particular man's quest to archive the folk music of China, how much of that information did you have to obtain in advance of making the film? 嗯，他说在你拍这个电影的时候，这个男主角对男主角您的了解，对他的去研究、去调查，您花了多大的时间？他觉得应该是费劲，毕竟费了很大的力气。对，这个剧本就是我写的。
那么我做这个剧本大概用了一年多的时间 I wrote the script and it it took me one year one year more than one year yeah for writing the script alone yes and then as far as for any background information on this character who did the archiving of the folk music during the 60s and 70s um, living in the same um same age with the leading actor, so I can feel the same way he feels. So it's easy for me to pick up. I see. Did you also have a hand in choosing the music for the film, whether it was the indigenous folk music of the film or the orchestrated, the grand orchestrated pieces? Did you choose and select some of the music as well, or was that led to someone else? Before I started writing, I have already decided which music I'm going to use. And uh, also, the music I'm using, uh, I was using, uh, was written by a very, very, very famous uh, composer at that time. The film starts with the picture of the lead talent or the star of the, the story doing a recording session of a full orchestra. And that orchestra seems to be engaged in doing a very Western classical piece of music, to my ear anyway. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, is this, it seems like in the Chinese culture they want to exhibit that mastery of Western music, and I don't know if that's also in perhaps of forsaking their own indigenous music, or was there a reason for starting off with that approach to the Western? What, what do you mean, indigenous? Native. Oh, native?就是你那个电影刚开始的时候,那个那一段是用交响乐团演奏那个交响乐,他是对他来,从他的耳朵来说,他觉得很像西方的那种演奏的感觉,西方的古典音乐,他说,是不是对,他是这么想,对,从
kind of folk yes. instrument. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's one of them. That was a beautiful scene, by the way, where so many of those folk instruments were played. And this was before the army came in to take him away. But that was beautiful seeing so many of those stringed instruments playing together. And then the other one is, of course, popular music. Uh, use bass and guitar and yeah, something like that. This kind of no no difference, maybe no difference with Western style. The way we would understand contemporary pop music yes, here. Yes, yes. There was one scene in the film where the young composer collector as a child is playing in the courtyard and he and his other children kid friends go scampering up to the top of the roof because they're so enamored with the sound of this Chinese folk pop band I guess it would be there was a scene with the band and a lady singer the the female vocalist in front of that band was that particular song also an indigenous Chinese pop or a folk style 外面院子里头吹他的是不是弹他的那个乐器因为我没有看不好意思然后那个他就爬到房顶上跟一堆孩子爬到房顶上然后看到很多人在演奏还有一个女演员在唱歌一个他说那个歌是不是一个原来也是
each movie we will do this way. But uh, some special movie, if the actor or actress really have this talent, they can sing very well, then they can sing. But always we do this way, like actor is actor, singer is singer, then put it together. Put them together. Yeah. Right. Now, do they always go with each other regardless of the film? Does that actress always choose that dub vocalist? Or is it, it can be anybody for the job? Yes, it can be anybody. And that was a very interesting song. What was the name of that piece? Which song do you mean? He, she, the one with the female singer in that, that film in, style. In the band? Yes. Uh, Xinjiang is the name of the ethnic group. Xinjiang is nice. And also the place of the group where they live. Well, in the film, the kids certainly seem to be very excited about it. So it seemed like it would be a popular film for everybody. Right, because in China, we don't have, you know, that time, that period of time, we don't have a lot of movie, TV, television. We all our entertainment, like uh, entertainment, only like uh, can watch someone dancing or singer. Mm -hmm. That's all our life. Right. So why the kids are very exciting? It's before the media came in in a variety of ways. Now, as a as an opposite to that, there was also another song featuring a male vocal, from the scene where Limong, uh, the lead character, is first sent to the northwestern area by political order of the Cultural Revolution. Now, what can you tell us about that particular piece? It was a very emphatic male vocal piece. There's a scene where the character is sent mm -hmm. after the wedding scene, and then the army comes in, or the police, and they take him, and they send him to the northwestern area of China. And when you first see the shot that Wenji has established with the big panoramic views overlooking the country, there's this beautiful emphatic vocal. It's a, it's a song, soundtrack song, with a male vocal on it, and it really seems to have a lot of passion to it. Okay,他说在那个电影里面有一个有一个镜头是他被呃抓送到一个西北去的时候，那个有一个有一个镜头是呃大展望那个镜头是一个远镜头长镜长镜头，你放有一首歌是一个男男歌手在唱那首歌，
He was not content with the way his opera was going, and he discovered a young Dagu singer, and he felt that he needed to put the Dagu singer into the opera piece to make it come together. And I'm wondering, what is what is a Dagu singer? He said it's a Dagu singer. He found a Dagu singer because he felt that he wanted to put him into the opera piece. Do you have a Dagu singer? 那是年年是他是说哪哪一段是年轻的还小的时候还是大了以后 ？When he was young or which which? When he was working on his opera,、mm-hmm. and he had the soprano singing the opera and it just wasn't working. There was a part in the scene where they go, "This is not Chinese opera. <coughs> this is not Western opera. Nobody can play this. We always stop right here." And he goes off to、uh, a nightclub, and he sees a woman singing and playing the drum. And on the CG, they call this a A dagu singer. She is singing dagu,、okay. and he felt that the the dagu singer would bring this all together. But I was that's why I'm curious. What is dagu? In his writing, um, that he felt, um, he was in the orchestra. We always stop at that part. He always stops. He always stops. He's very irritable. Then he went to that place and found the original name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was what it was. 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 That was 呃，像戏曲和这个戏曲和这个唱歌之间的一种说唱的一个艺术，那么就是打鼓，这个叫京韵大鼓。这京韵大鼓，这个呢，这个形式呢，在中国的民间非常流行。It's very popular in in、um, as a folk music. It's a style between opera and song. It compiles、uh, while singing. He he she also talks. So it's so part singing and part, part speaking. Speaking, yes. yes. Spoken word. Yes, spoken words.、Huh. In American jazz, we have something called we have rap, or else we have <laughs> scat in jazz.、Okay. So I guess this would be their version of something, a spoken word that brings it together. Yes, but it's a traditional style. I understand.、Yes. Now, why did the choice of the dagu singer solve his problem, of his opera not coming together between Western music or Chinese music? Why did this work for the composer? 他为什么那个就是说呢？他这个工作不下去的时候，为什么就把这个原名放进来以后呢？问题就能够解决呢？为什么你用就非要把他这个？那个，呃，因为，呃，这个歌剧写的，呃，这个歌剧呢，虽然是西洋，就是呃古典音乐的形式，但是他用了许多中国音乐的素材动机，那么。原来的那个受特别传统西洋音乐的影响的唱歌的人，不太理解他这些东西，那么所以他很苦恼。那么他当他发现那个打鼓的演员，他的声音和感觉特别适于他要表现的写中国的音乐的这个这个角色，对，所以呢，这就决定了他。Um, she's she uh he's he's suffering. She, he can't find a a a singer who can also sing in a classic style. But he want use classic style to express China Chinese thoughts. But the, the opera singer can't do this. And I found the dagu singer. She she has a voice and she has a style. So that solved the problem. Great, and they had a great relationship together, helping both of their lives grow. 他说他们有很好的一个友谊交情，然后帮助他们共同的这个呃能够成长。
Also, with the final staged opera, also sounded a little bit more Western or European to my ear in structure. Yes, no. 在最后的一个镜头里面，他说唱歌的那位演员也有一点，对他来说还是觉得很西方，很像西方的感觉。您觉得是您的当时的像设想是这样的吗？这个整体上，他这个呃，这个作曲家他是按西方这个，就是我刚才说的这种传古典的音乐形式去创作的。他整个的是创作，他是这个类型，就是说中国有三种类型，他是按这个类型，所以他最后那个歌《海扇》是一个交响乐队的一个一个写的一个歌。His his style is basically based on he's using the classic music style, Western classic music style, and express Chinese thought. So that's your that's why your thought is right. So it wasn't necessarily representational then of Chinese styling or or musical voicing. 他说：“那也不就说，您表现的这个方法，并不是一定要表现就是中国的中国型的民族的民音乐，就是也是有两种混合的这样。”对，因为音乐本身，呃，它是没有国界的。I don't think there's war between music。嗯，中国拉小提琴或者拉大提琴或弹钢琴的很多很多。嗯 ，Chinese， 嗯 ，Chinese who play， 嗯、um, ，violin and play pianos， there are a lot of Chinese play that， so。I don't think. Yeah, 在世界上也有非常有名的，像尤尤马这样的人。Like 尤尤马，嗯，也 sure very famous violinist. Absolutely, yes. yes. Uh-huh. So it's a, just an appreciation of the instrument and the music, regardless of of the style or the format. The last thing I thought was interesting was in the final concert scene, the tobacco sponsorship of the concert, where the composer rejected that advertising. And I'm curious, was that an accurate snapshot of sponsorships and events in the PRC? Uh. 嗯，他说在那个电影里有一个他拒绝了那个赞助单位，这个是不是在在在中国是不是真的是就是这个呃那、这个赞助单位和演奏就是音乐家艺术家之间的关系是不是那样的？这个呢，就是一个作曲家叫石光南他本人的真实的事，因为呢他特别反对吸烟，那么所以当一个烟商来赞助的话，他坚决反对。嗯，对的。Famous music composer is called Ah、uh, Shiguang Nan, Mr. Shiguang Nan. He's really hate smoking. So when a cigarette company wants to be the、uh, sp- sponsor, he re- he refuses it. He has he has to、yes. have the integrity to say no. Yes, yes. No, it is a true story. Yes. This yes. film too, isn't it? We may add. Now I I would have thought, and this is just me. I would have thought that I would have made the assumption that sponsorships were unique to. Capitalism and or Western cultures, and is this something that they do in the in People's Republic of China, where they still engage the idea of sponsorships to put together events and and these types of things? 他说有赞助单位赞助音乐家、艺术家去做他们呃，就是去拍他们的作品。他说这是一个很西方的想法，西方的做法。他说在中国这个是不是也很普通、很流行的一种想法？对对对，现在很多都是要有必须有赞助商来做。Yes, we must have sponsors. 因为现在做艺术要钱的。Artist, artist needs needs money. Right, and they do get it from private sector rather than just being solely government sponsored under a,、uh, shall we say, a socialist model. 嗯，他说也嗯，那个赞助单位也许很多都是民营的或者是私营的，并不一定是从政府和国营的单位得到的。对对对。Yes, that's right. David, you seem like you 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 have a comment you'd like to add to that? Yeah, because this is one of the things that I found so interesting about the PRC. China itself has a long, long, long tradition. Of trade, it has. It's been there. It's done that. It's done everything that we've done here in the West. It just the, from 1949 until now, there's a hiatus, and I have to look at it just as a hiatus. 
there has been a lot of, of problems between the mid-19th century and the end of World War II, for us World War II, to them the Sino-Japanese uh, uh, conflict, uh, where uh, that needed to be straightened out. But we have another um, uh, a director with us. His name is Feng Shenggong. And he just finished uh, a picture called A Big Shot's Funeral, which will be released here by Sony Classics, I think. And it's a very important picture for a number of reasons, because the very questions that you're asking shows exactly how it's growing in China. When I arrived in China in 1995, there was very little advertising, but a lot of sponsorship. Most companies were required to sponsor something in the arts, because the arts have a place in China, just the same as business. There's a kind of a balance between business and the arts. Now, we here in the West always look at, at the way they do things as a little foreign. Uh, that's to be polite. The fact is that they're always looking for balance. Feng Shanggang is bringing out the lack of balance in sponsorships or in product placement. Big Shot's funeral is about a funeral that takes place and sponsored by numbers of companies. The closer you get to the body, the more expensive the ad is. <laughs> the more you have to ante up. <laughs> the more you have to ante up. And the cameras come down and do all this kind of, uh, kind of stuff. So the sponsorship by a tobacco company in this particular instance is really, uh, really significant. I'm glad you picked up on it because, uh, yes, they were looking for a sponsor. And, yes, the tobacco company was happy to sponsor this uh, particular event. At the same time, the artist has the right to reject it. Mm-hmm. This is something that very often we don't have the right here to do. No, as a matter of fact, it was somewhat monumental over the past few years where, shall we say, at least the not to single anybody out or any industry out, but the tobacco industry has been subject to a little bit of rejection of sorts here in the United States as well. And I think From, that, from time from to time. From time to time, <laughs> things do kind of have an odd way of going around and coming around, but not necessarily the way you, you think they will. Well, I think that's just about all the time we have on today's feature, but I do want to thank all of our guests for being here, our wonderful guest artists from the People's Republic of China, Mr. Tung Wen Ji, again, one of our most respected film directors in China today, Mr. David Buckley of China Century Entertainment here in New York, and, of course, uh, Rong Xing, who is kind enough to translate for us, and also Wang Xingfeng, General Manager of China Century Entertainment, also here in New York, and I want to thank you all for being with me here today. I want to thank you for having us here. Well, we're glad you could be here. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Thank you.